I invite you to turn in your Bibles, if you have one, to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and look at verses 4 through 6. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. The Bible repeatedly tells us that there is the reality of an enemy and that we are in a struggle with that enemy, Satan. There are many scriptures referring to this. For example, Jesus said, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But I have chosen you out of the world, the world hates you. And so Christ made it clear that his call for us to follow him involves conflict and warfare. Yes, as soon as you accept Christ, you will find yourself not on a playground or a dreamland, but on a battleground. The Apostle Paul emphatically reiterated that Christian warfare is a part of following Jesus Christ. And we find in this passage that I read a crucial statement as to how we can have victory in this battle over Satan. I want you to focus on these words, war, stronghold, Weapons and victory. In verse 3, Paul talks about this conflict of war. The word warfare refers to a campaign. Paul's struggle was not just with a mere skirmish, but a full-fledged campaign against evil in Corinth and in the whole world. The Bible is clear as to who is responsible for this conflict. From the beginning of creation and throughout history, there is an evil one who is called Satan. John 8, 44 says, Satan is a murderer and a liar. Ephesians 2.2 calls Satan the prince of the power of air. 1 Peter 5.8 calls him our adversary 
and pictures him as a roaring lion. First Thessalonians 3.5 labels him as a tempter that seduces. Second Corinthians 4.4, 4, which I have read, names Satan as the God of this world. It has been the purpose of Satan to overthrow the kingdom of God and to destroy the believer in Jesus Christ. Yes, he has fiery darts of temptation and doubts which he hurls at every Christian. He knows your weakness. He knows when to hit you. And he knows at the right time to do so. He has devices and schemes that he is using in a massive, full-scale campaign today. Satan is not just an impersonal force or power. He is a real person, according to the Bible, who from his war room masterminds a strategy against all of God's people and God's world. He has his strategy in every continent, country, state, city, and church. He has most effective deception to numb and to camouflage his efforts with us. And then in verse 4, Paul states that Satan has developed some strongholds in his attempt to destroy God's creation and his purpose. This is the only place in the Bible where the word stronghold is found. It refers to a fortress. The closest equivalent to it in modern times would be in World War II, the reference to pillboxes, which was an elevated, strategically located fortification from which the enemy operated and which was most difficult to take. There are definite spiritual strongholds that have been established in our world by Satan. These strongholds are often in the lives of people, families, churches, communities, and even nations. These strongholds are Satan's base of operation to try to defeat and to destroy God's people and God's church. Consider some of these. There are strongholds in the mind. The Bible refers to imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. There is ignorance and suspicion. Americans have innocently developed an education system that is based 
on man's reason and feelings rather than the revelation of God in the Bible. Increasingly, Satan's system is in opposition to what the Bible says. His strong appeal is to man's self-sufficiency and pride. Now, friend, please understand that acceptance of this divine revelation is not contrary to the development of the mind and education. Every person must get his best education possible. But Satan's stronghold is proud intellectualism, not a well-trained mind. The base problem is elevating human rationalism over what God says. Our institutions of higher learning reek with educated ignorance. Consider some of the results of man's proud intellectualism. One, the prevailing philosophy of humanism, which rejects revelation and the truth of the Bible. This has resulted in permissiveness and lawlessness in our nation, which has brought down a trend of evil in society. We have reached a point that it seems we're throwing off every restraint and law and good sense. This educational system has enthroned human freedom to the exclusion of morality, the rights of others, and biblical standards. For example, Satan has developed the strongholds of murdering, Millions of babies have been killed through abortion. Satan has developed the stronghold of murdering. It has brought an unparalleled occurrence of crime and violence. Over 700,000 school teachers have been, have been exalted. And then there is the deranged young men entering our schools and killing small children. Oh, how sad that we have reached a point that minds are distorted and used of Satan in the attack upon children. And then there are strongholds in the flesh or human appetites. Sexuality, Satan has developed a stronghold of sexual lust that is fed by a sensuous society that magnifies sexual freedom. We have millions that are living together without the commitment of marriage. Each year, thousands of teenage girls become pregnant out of wedlock. And the kind of sexual literature that is so available is further 
instituting and organizing and using this Satan's stronghold on American people. And Satan has established a stronghold in man's senses. We've become a sensate, pleasure-mad society. If it feels good, do it, is the philosophy of masses. There's strongholds of family deterioration that is fed by carnal, corrupt television and little commitment to marriage vows and growth in the marriage love. There is one divorce for every two marriages today. Conflict, abuse, and emotional vacuum has resulted in a million runaway children and a growing number of delinquent youth that are still in our communities. Satan has these strongholds of greed and materialism that has diminished and replaced spiritual values. And there are those strongholds in man's religious nature. And as a result, we have cults. We have deluded liberalism. We have religious leaders and pastors who do not believe and preach the Bible. And then there is heartbreaking division and conflict in churches. Evil personalities attack the pastor and leadership and other people and bring disruption to a congregation. And so evil is entrenched in our society. Increasingly, it is obvious that our world is sold out to the devil. What strongholds has Satan established in your life, in your family? What is the area or place he uses to harass and will eventually destroy you if you do not clear out these strongholds. We have become numb and oblivious to the deterioration and corruption. We have learned to live with it. And Satan continues with his strategy to destroy God's world and creation. But verse 4 tells us that we have weapons. They're not of man. We do not war after the flesh, Paul wrote. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That is of the flesh and human effort. Puny man, with all of his cleverness and ingenuity to manipulate and organize his eloquent speech and scheming, there are no match for our powerful, invisible enemy, Satan. Such would be like a kid taking a BB gun to stand up against a Russian missile.
the carnality of the church, our lack of personal and corporate prayer, our failure to sense that we're really in a battle is the reason for our ineffectiveness and defeat and deterioration. But God's word says that we have weapons of God, but mighty through God with the pulling down of strongholds. Please be reminded of these weapons. In Ephesians 6, verses 14 through 20, Paul tells us about the warfare and the weapons that God has placed in our hands. And so there must be this humility and submission. There must be the belt of truth. The preaching of the cross is the power of God. We must put on the breastplate of righteousness, right, moral living. Our feet must be fitted with the readiness of God's gospel of peace. And we carry that message of peace to all people and all communities and world. And then there is evangelism and the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. There is the weapon of praying in the spirit, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much is the promise of God. So friend, you will note that all this armor is to protect the Christian against the spiritual attack of Satan. It is not defensive, but offensive weapons. If a man neglects putting on and wearing this armor, the devil will be after him and seek to destroy him. But in verse 5, we're reminded possibly of the victory. Casting down imaginations. That is bringing into captivity every evil thought to make it obedient rather to Christ. The Bible warns us, as a man thinketh, so is he. Therefore, victory is won in the realm of the thought life and the focus upon truth and love. There must be the discipline of the mind. You must be careful of that which you come in contact with, that you look at, that you consider, because the devil will use it to put the wrong thoughts in your mind. What your mind feeds on is what your life will become. There must be the positive training of the human mind. 
God's thoughts must become our thoughts through the reading, medication, application of God's word and righteous lives. As we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, we will experience the victory of pulling down strongholds. My friend, this is not just a negative word from the Bible, but it is necessary. It is positive. It is enlightening. It is a warning against evil in your life and you're being deceived by Satan. Right now, won't you claim victory in Christ, the risen, exalted Savior, the Lord of eternity, who died for your sin, wants to come into your life and give you victory over the evil one and forgive your sins and write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Would you not right now accept Jesus Christ and dedicate your life to him? Our Father, we thank you for this word from the Bible, this warning, this truth. Lord, alert people open their minds to the evil influences and the temptations and that which Satan would do to destroy their lives, their marriage, and, the, and their church. And so today, God, give victory in Jesus' name. And so, my friend, if God's message has reached you and helped you today, We'd be glad to hear from you, and we'd be happy to send some literature that will be of help. God bless. Have a great day. Goodbye.